have a topic or anything we want to talk about. But... Welcome to Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. Thought I maybe caught you off guard, but I didn't. You don't. Apparently. I'm a seasoned professional. <laughs> what you doing over there? Working on something new. Yeah, I got a model kit because you encouraged me to get model kits. You blame me for I'm not blaming you. That was a compliment. <laughs> I'm huh. trying. I, I've noted, and I think we've talked about this in the past. I'm trying to be more diligent about the stuff that I do and the stuff that I make. Because I feel like what we do here, like we have to keep the pace. Mm-hmm. And then just my personality. I don't like to dwell on stuff. I want to keep making progress. And so these like model kits and things have taught me to slow down. and just Savor it. Savor it's it's an exercise. Hmm. Okay. So it's a skill that a lot of people that I admire have that I don't particularly have. That I need to just be more diligent and slow down and calm down. So I'm trying to do that. And it looks like a lot. And it's a little overwhelming for like model kits because it's just like a lot of just little tiny pieces. And it seemed this instruction manual is not a booklet. I don't know if you can watch the video, but it like unfolds like a roll of toilet paper. So, trying to be more... You have folded rolls of toilet paper? You don't? <laughs> They're folded? Yeah. I get artisan toilet <laughs> you, paper. You get... Oh, okay. Yeah, I have a guy. Gotcha. It's a toilet Let's paper see. guy. So, for those who are not watching the video, you are doing the Darth Vader band. Oh, I'm set. sorry. I didn't even talk about what it was. It's a model kit, and it's the Darth Vader. Darth Vader's not my favorite Star Wars character. Um, I always thought the Darth Vader was a little overrated. Really? Yeah. I saw something recently that said that if you boil down Darth Vader's on-screen time when he's not actually lightsaber fighting, it's just him traveling around um, getting angry with people's building schedules. Yeah, that is about about true. So he's just like a grumpy foreman in a scuba suit. But I think Darth Vader's neat and all. And this model's cool. So let's put together some Darth Vader. That's cool. The Bandai models are really cool. I mean, it's neat to see how they're put together. If nothing else. Um, I was telling you before, I think they're, like, overly complicated. Because all of the parts on there are black. Mm-hmm. So you could have, like, a leg part. Or a lower leg and an upper leg. But instead, you have ten pieces to make the calf. Yeah, like, this is the... Two pieces to make the ankle. Not even his neck. This is, like, two parts to make the neck. I'm trying to get used to the the organizational system that they have going down here. Because this is like A27, and then this panel has like C and a lot more information than like to know that it's panel A, it's this one piece of information that's in this whole blob of stuff. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to orient myself right now with what parts or where to find the parts I'm looking for and then to slow down. And um, when you pop them off of the sheet, they have the little sprues, and these are actually pretty good. They don't have a little leftover artifact on the side that kind of mm-hmm. gets in the way when you put them together. Yeah. Like that um, mech thing that I made. A lot of those seams don't go together very well because it had pretty predominant little sprue leftover thingies. So, again, this is part of my, like, slow down. Hmm. And let's take a lot of time to put his neck together. <laughs> Multiple pieces to make fast. a single thing. He needs a neckiotomy. Neckiotomy. Well, I'm still working on the treehouse. I think that is the perfect example of how to be patient. (laughs) Getting a little bored with it, got to be honest. It's a lot of brown, like I said last time. Um, Continuing to be more brown. And not only that, but like the trunk of the tree 
there's a bunch of different random pieces on it to make it look, you know, like it's not just solid faces. Yep. But they're all constructed the same way. And so there oh, were four really sides. Repetitive. Yeah, there were yeah. four sides, and then there was like these little four pieces that go in the corners to kind of make it more round. So there's that was a bunch of the same thing. And then these little rooms, platform thingies, I'm on the third one, and they're all basically the same as well. They have different number of windows and doors and stuff inside, but they're the same platform. And so, I don't know. It's a nice set. It's big, and I'm not even close to done. <laughs> but I may set it aside for a couple of weeks. We'll see. Because I also got some Bandai models. Oh, yeah. Um, I got these little tiny ones. Little babies. Yeah, little baby things. And um, these are far less detailed than, like, the, the figures, mm-hmm. like the one you have. These are just a few pieces that kind of snap together, so they take a lot less time. But they were also not expensive. This one has a TIE Advanced and a TIE Fighter in it, and then the other one is an X-Wing. And they're, they're smaller. They're kind of cool. If you can see on the video, they're pretty small, but they're fun. Uh, we got a couple of those that size when we went to Celebration, not this past time, but previous time. And... Um, they were selling them really cheap there because they're small. And so my son got one and put it together in like a minute and a half or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, it's... And they're pre-painted and stuff. So, but they're still kind of cool. They're cheap enough and easy enough to put together that you can actually like play with them, fly them around. And oh, if you good. drop them, it's not, you know, like you spent a year making this thing. So The Mandalorian's coming out real soon. Are you excited about that? I, I am excited. Are you excited at all about it? About the Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know you don't like, you don't like Boba Fett. You're not this is as not much, Boba Fett. No, I know that. I know. Yeah. But it's, it has that like, connotation. Like a, no. it's, a, it's a bounty hunter. And it's like, I have no prejudices against the people, the fine people of Mandalore, <laughs> as represented by the one person. Who's that, not Mandalorian. <clears throat> well, you say that. No. Nope. You say, well, there's no definitive evidence that he is from Mandalore. So I actually watched the video this morning by accident. Because I really what video? Well, I watched this video about, and I don't even remember what channel it was on, but it said something like, "Here's something that no one's expecting on the Mandalorian." I'm like, "Well, obviously you're expecting it, so somebody's expecting it." But I watched it anyway, and I don't know what he was getting at, what his like thesis was, but the whole video was the history of Mandalore really quickly Mm -hmm. through the the canon Star Wars stuff, and it was actually pretty interesting. Like there was more going on there than I expected, but they did point out that uh, Jango Fett yep. had nothing to do with Mandalore except steal some armor from somebody at one point. How are we to know that? What substantiating evidence, is, evidence did he provide? Uh, well, I don't even remember <clears throat> where that came up. Yeah. I'm not sure. But then the, the people of Mandalore basically like uh, like called out Boba Fett as He's not one of us. He just stole some armor. Hmm. We don't like him. So, anyway, he's not associated. So this story, this show, is about an actual person from Mandalore. And I also found out, not at all interesting for anybody who doesn't care about Star Wars, which is probably a lot of people listening. I doubt that. Mandalore, a Mandalorian is not even a single race. There's a person from the system? From the planet of Mandalore. But the planet was, like, inhabited by a race of people who were humans who actually started out on Coruscant and got, like, displaced. 
hmm. went to Mandalore, named it Mandalore after a dude named Mandalore, who was a Jedi, I think. And then... They had the Darksaber? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Anyway, they, they like found a new planet, called it, named it after the dude that helped them find it. And then these um, different races that they had kind of like... I don't know if they were slaves or something, but there were these other races involved, and they were like, we have a new planet. Everybody's a Mandalorian who's here. So there were multiple races that inhabited this planet, and they all became that thing. So it's not even a race. I thought it was, but it's just a uh, statehood. Do you think that they're going to mention that? No. Ooh. I doubt they'll go that deep. I hope that like stuff. a whole bunch of people that are like just walked out of the ID card office to have their Mandalorian... ID cards. They're like, man, it's a great day to be on Mandalore. And they're standing on the edge of like a bridge and somebody bumps them and they're like, whoa, that was close. Glad we have such good balance that we won't be affected by people bumping us accidentally. And then they walk off and then that's all they say. <laughs> Deep cut for anybody that doesn't know what he's talking about. Boom. Yep. Uh, yeah, they actually brought that up in the video too. Like how ridiculous it was that he just... Hit a wall and fell in a hole. Whoopsies. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited about the show. I think, it, I mean, I'm excited about the kind of the armor and the mythology around that character. But also, I think I'm even more excited about the fact that they're taking a story in live action, a Star Wars story, and there's going to be like eight hours of it or ten mm. hours. I don't remember how many episodes there are. You know what I mean? Instead of just like, we're going to cram as much story as we can without it being too much into two and a half hours. That's the end. Or it being an animated show that goes on for ever and ever and ever. Um, I like the expansion of the it's universe. Like, yeah, I like that too. But it's kind of like an in-between. It's like more yeah. than a movie, but, you know, not at least so far in one season. It's not like overdone. We'll see once I get to like season eight and it's turns into like a buddy comedy with him and... Harlem Globetrotter show up. <laughs> um, but I, I do think they're going to show some of the backstory, like some of the prequel era uh, life on Mandalore. Yeah, because they had the Federation uh, ships, the flat ones that were mm-hmm. on Kashyyyk yeah. in Revenge of the Sith. They were flying around, and there was the, what, the mega battle droid, super mega awesome battle droid. That's what they called them. Yep. Super battle droid. So, I'm excited about it. Looking forward to it. Just is there anything else on Disney away. Plus that you are interested in watching? Um, well, I mean, not yet. All the Marvel stuff will be interesting. The other Star Wars stuff will be interesting, but none of that's going to be out for a while. So, not really. I'm going to watch the old Robin Hood as soon as Disney Plus is out so you can sing the, the Hoot Nanny song. Man, I got that on DVD. Mm. Which raises a good point. Are you going to be less likely to watch the Disney movies that they're hoping that people are going to be watching because you own them already? I don't think so. My kids are kind of out of that stage. We mm. used to watch a whole lot of those, and we watched a lot of the old ones from like the 60s and 70s because they were just really good, and our kids didn't know that there was anything else available. So we were just like, Jungle Book, Robin right. Hood, you know, Cinderella, all, the, all those, and they loved them. And they, we watched those all the time. And for a long time, we kind of just stayed on animated stuff with them. Like, there weren't many live-action movies that we thought were worth... You know, they weren't quite to the age to where, like, stuff would make sense. 
And then once they got to that age and we started showing them live action fun things, they still like animated things, but they don't really have an interest. They don't ask to watch Jungle Book anymore. They don't ask to watch those. They want to watch newer things or live action stuff. So I don't know that we would watch those anyway, you yeah. know, whether they were on the service or not. If you had to watch another one of those, which one would you watch? Of the old animated yeah. ones? Ooh, man. If you were watching somebody else's kids and they're like, Uncle Bob, we want to watch a Disney movie. And you're like, okay, sit down. We're going to watch blank. Huh. Sword in the Stone or Robin Hood, probably. I like Sword in the Stone. That's a good one. Yeah. Archimedes. Our kids never, we watched it a couple of times, but they didn't really get into it as much as I did. When I, when I was a kid, I loved that one. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. Uh, they didn't really get into that one too much. What about you? you have probably Sword in the Stone. Yeah? Yeah. I really like Sword in the Stone. And I liked uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah? Like, out of all of them, I'm, I have a little sister, and it was the same thing. She's seven years younger than me, so I was out of that kind of, like, I was, like, most people really wasn't into, like, the Disney princesses and things, but she was, and we had all of, a bunch of them on VHS, and she would want to watch the same ones over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I would remember, like, not complaining if Sleeping Beauty was on. <laughs> it's pretty good. I remember... Uh, Snow White, I remember really disliking that one. That one's hard to watch. It's boring. It's boring, and her voice is such, like, it was a specific voice styling for that particular year. Like, mm. it's awful to listen to her sing. And because she was, like, instead of just singing in her normal thing, she did this, like, yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's it's like a laser gun from the 40s. <laughs> it's bad. It's the prequel to the... Uh, American Idol, like, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I messed up. What did I do it's wrong? The analog version Already? of auto tune. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, that one is hard to watch. We tried to watch it with our kids because they, you know, had never seen it and they wanted to see it. And I kind of walked out of it because tough to listen to. Oddly enough, when I was like in, how old was I? Maybe sixth grade. Old enough to not be scared by a Disney movie. Yeah, because the evil queen, witch, whatever, she's super creepy. So we went to Disney World. We went down for something else, and it was like me and my parents that went on that particular trip. And so we were in the Magic Kingdom, and we were just like looking for stuff that was, you know, reasonable to ride. And somebody said the Snow White ride was cool. I'm like, yeah, sure, I don't know. Let's try that. And I was in like, I think I was in sixth grade, and it scared me. Hmm. Because you're in this, like, I don't know if it's even still there. You were just, like, in this little uh, trolley car kind of cart thing. Mm-hmm. Roll, so you couldn't do anything. You're just stuck, right? And you're rolling through this slow track. A dark ride? Through the forest yeah. in this dark room. And then this super nasty old witch pops out and starts... Tackling? Yeah. Right I was just like, nope, I don't. this is not good. I don't like this. I remember getting out of that one and being like, hey, I think we should leave now. <laughs> like, I'm too old for this. Yeah. We should go somewhere else. I'm super tough right now, but uh, I think we should go get ourselves a Dole Whip. Sounds pretty good, <laughs> right. It's not that I'm scared, but you guys might be you scared. You guys look like you need to take a break. Yeah. I remember really, really not liking that particular ride. And I think last time we went, our kids were still pretty young, but we kind of like, hey, let's, let's don't go do that one. Because <laughs> I don't think you'll like it either. But... 
Yeah. So what else is up? What's happening? Uh, we got, oh, follow-up from last week's mm-hmm. school episode. Thank you to everybody who reached out on Discord and all the different social media platforms to tell me your experience. You know, we had a lot of homeschoolers, had a lot of public educators reach out and offer their assistance, not go like, this is what you should do. Mm. Kind of like what we were talking about, just, you know, their experience with, with both sides. So I thank you. Um, we decided to keep on homeschooling, which I think we kind of knew. But we were getting tired. He was getting a little difficult, and so we just didn't want to quit. We didn't want to just quit because it was hard. Mm. And then the one school that we were going to, we applied to put him in, the school your kids used to go to, when we went to tour it, they were like, well, we don't really take any out-of-district people, so, I mean, you can get the tour, but it's probably not going to happen. So we're like, okay, fine. You know, it's not a big deal. And so we just went forward and made little improvements to what we were already doing. My wife expanded the um, the homeschool co-op, their reach outside of co-op days. So she is the, uh, the like, trip coordinator now. So besides doing, like, field trips places, they're doing, like, smaller little things throughout the week so they can have more engagement and more interaction with kids their own age to try to help with that point. Mm-hmm. But the other day, the school, or it was yesterday or whatever day, I don't remember. The school called, and they were like, yeah, we would totally love to have your kids. I was like, hmm. Um, <laughs> really? Like, well, thank you. She was like, yeah, if you want to, you can come pick up the enrollment paperwork. You know, leave it here at the desk. And you fill out some stuff online. She's like, the principal would love to have your kids. I was like, well, I was not expecting this call. Hmm. And so I haven't called them yet, but I'm pretty sure that either today or maybe Monday – uh, my wife and I talked it over for a while. Like, I'm going to call him and very graciously, very humbly say thank you, but, you know, no thank you. Yeah. We hadn't heard back from you, so we sold our kids, so we don't need you anymore. <laughs> Psych, we don't have any kids. <laughs> but it was mm. it was kind of nice, like, in the moment, it was something that we wanted in the, like, fact-finding. We weren't sure if it was an option. We weren't sure what we were going to do if people said yes. And so... In my pursuit of it being an option, I wanted them to say yes, and I wanted it to be up to me to say no. Yeah. I didn't want it, them to tell me no. Yeah. So I put on my little politicking hat, and like I wrote the principal a very nice message and talked to some people, and we have friends that went there, and they kind of put in a nice word for us without us really prompting them to do so. And again, we went up like, okay, well, this is not an option because the people said it, nobody's going to get in. And then when they told us we got in, I'm like, yes, I knew we were going to. Because I schmoozed, and I'm very likable. And And humble. Yeah. I won (laughs) the election for my two kids to attend this public school. It was very silly. So that's what we're doing. We are still a homeschool family. We are going to be uh, amending and improving and expanding what we're already doing. So thank you again to everybody who reached out with your kind words. But that's what's happening. So in the future, if if uh, this comes up again with him or one of the other kids, or We're if shut it, up and get back to work. If another opportunity, you know, for another school comes up, is it something like you've decided we're never going to do something like that, or just like take it as it comes and kind of? It's a take it as it comes because that school, while you guys had really nice things to say about it, uh, mutual friends of ours had nice things to say. It fed into the middle school that apparently is widely known to not be great. Mm-hmm. Even the administrator at the elementary school that had the bad reputation pretty much said that that middle school is not great. So either way, if we got accepted to the school that we're talking about, it would have still funneled into the you know, the middle school and high school. 
And the mutual friends of ours that love it, they're trying to get a waiver for their daughter to not go to that middle school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, let's say we take them up on their offer. Then that would be like a year and a half for our oldest son. And then he would have to go to this middle school. And then we would have to have this same kind of conversation all over again. I was like, why don't we just keep doing what we're doing? And we know that it works. We know the long-term benefits. And we don't have to worry about all this drama every couple of years. And kind of like what you guys are doing, we don't have to shuttle people around all across town. Yeah. Because one kid's going to be in this school and the other kid's going to be in that school. Um, we did put in for the um, the other school district, the city school district that your kids are going into. I put in for the lottery. And again, Which is how we got in. To right. Be clear. Yeah. So it's a, we'll play that as it comes because that is a single funnel. It's, they have two elementary schools, a middle school and a high school bank. That's it. They have really good reputations. We don't have to drive everybody all over the place. Um, we don't really have to worry about that. So if it comes down to us getting selected, then we have this same exact conversation all over again. Hmm. The school that we respectfully declined was because that one particular school for that short amount of time would have been beneficial. And then everything after that would have been in question. Yeah. Right. So it would have been a temporary solution to a problem that we just need to endure and not hmm. give up on. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah. I'm glad you got some kind of clarification about it. And I won. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say I'm glad that you won, that you won. You should be happy for me. I'm really good at winning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the most humble winner. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, glad that's kind of, I mean, do you feel like that's done? That, that unknown and that trying to figure out a new thing and adjust your life and all that stuff? Do you feel like that's done or is there still work to do there uh or what it's improving it's, we're on the first steps of, of new improvement i think with homeschooling just like most anything with parenting you're constantly adjusting to the, the you're constantly making new strategies yeah and so they're at their homeschool co-op today and my wife sent me a bunch of pictures of all the kids and my son is like diagramming sentences in front of his class and like laughing and playing with a bunch of kids his age my middle son is playing with a bunch of kids his age, and he's usually kind of the quiet loner. And I, I don't want to say, like, it was a grass is greener type situation, and we just kind of, like, we quelled the uprising and everything's fine now. Um, but it's it's a good day. Hmm. And it was, has been a good week. Everybody has been more diligent. Um, it's My wife has added, like, additional structure to the week. So my son every day has kind of like a checklist. It's waiting for him. And then he has to, like, of his daily, like, activities and then his schoolwork, they go through it together in his curriculum, and he fills out that checklist. So he knows what he has to do for the day rather than just being told. And then he kind of sets his pace. And then my wife checks up on that pace, and then they do, like, a check on learning. And then they they have a couple different things that they do throughout the day. And when I come home, he's excited to show me his work. Hmm. And that's not to say that next week he's going to get bored or frustrated with it. Yeah. And because, I mean, just like most people, when you learn something new, you're not automatically good at it. And so there's a, a resistance to wanting to do it frequently because you're just kind of telling yourself that you're not good. Yeah, and you you're don't, just going to feel bad over and over. Yeah, over you don't focus on the fact that you're incrementally learning. Yeah. And I think that's where he is right now. And so once he started getting better at this one thing that they were doing, then he was really proud of himself and wanted to show it off. And then that's when school is easier. Hmm. And so it's, when it's a challenge for him, it's a challenge for my wife. And it kind of trickles down to being a challenge for everybody. And I think rather than throwing her hands up and go, you know what? You should be someone else's challenge. Like, it's, she absolutely feels like it's her calling to, to homeschool. And 
she has to kind of knuckle down and be gracious and come up with ways to introduce the material and reintroduce the material in a way that works for him. Hmm. And I don't know why that was new. I guess you just need kind of reiteration sometimes. And this whole public school thing, like with it being a real possibility, might have been, I don't know, necessarily a wake-up call is not the right answer, but kind of a little a little shake. Yeah, I mean, I think with anything, like if if nothing changes, if no variables are introduced, it's going to, things will continue on. I mean, that's physics, right? Like it's going to continue on as it is. Object of motion stays in motion. So anytime there's a, a new thing that's brought into it, everything has to adjust to account for the new variable. And especially when it comes to children in general, but also children learning things, variables are introduced constantly, mm-hmm. constantly, like multiple times a day. So that's just going to happen, I guess. I mean, the same thing happens, you know, at every stage of like their like development and stuff. I mean, you see they physically change and then you have to adjust how you, how your house is and how you handle mealtime and all that stuff for all yep. of the physical changes that are always happening. So well, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure it will continue to be a challenge in different ways here and there, but it's cool that, you know, uh, she's up to adjusting and reevaluating their needs and stuff all the time. Absolutely. Sign of a good teacher. And in her words, like when it's good, it's really good. And when it's challenging, it's really challenging. She's like, we don't have really middle days. Yeah. She's like, he's either ecstatically proud of himself and puts his head down and just like, I did it, mom. Everything is done. I'm being responsible. And then the day, he's a kid. And then there's the days that, you know, it all just starts to kind of go to crap. And then it just perpetuates because like someone is upset and then, they filters down to the smaller kids, and it just kind of becomes overwhelming. But hmm. I'm really proud of her, as I always am. And, uh, yeah, we had to have those kind of conversations, but it was good. Cool. So that's where we are. Well, we had a, a little – I didn't go, but my wife had a um, conference with my second son's teacher. And it was just a standard n- – like nothing was wrong, you know, just like the check-in or whatever – and my wife talks to all the teachers like multiple times a week over text anyway. So she like knows them all. She goes in and helps in all the classes. And so she's Now, is that always, a standard? Uh, this is going to sound weird. Is that a standard teacher feature now? Uh, I don't or know. Or is she just like, that's your wife and just has everybody's well, phone number? it's hard to tell oh. because <laughs> every teacher we've ever had, she's been my wife. So, hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think she's she tries to be involved in the classroom. So by doing that, she gets to be friends with the teachers. And all the teachers we've ever had have been really gracious with their time and really open to like get to know us and figure out what the best is for the kids, which says a lot because it would be easy to be like, see if kids, see if parents just stay over there. Let me teach. Yeah. Go home. You know, it would be easy to do that. But that was a sentiment with a lot of public educators that reached out over the last week that they were saying a big difference between homeschooling and public schooling. They're like, there's a lot of public school teachers feel hindered because of a lot of the parents are like, you need to do it this way. And she was like, a lot of them wish that some of the parents would end up homeschooling. They have so many good ideas and so many ways that they should be improving in the smallest kind of area. Like, well, then you should do it yourself. Yeah. Well, it's easier to like call the shots from the outside and like, no, but um, anyway, so she went in with this little, uh, this checkup or whatever. And she was telling me about it and she was like, the whole time she was telling me, I'm looking over at him and the table, and he's just, like, grinning. 
And she's like, well, he's doing really well. She, uh, they don't really have gifted and talented at his age, but she just kind of moved him into the gifted and talented nice. room without permission. So he goes and does that now. Hmm. And he's already finished all of his math stuff for this year. So she went ahead and moved him up to fourth grade math. And he's, he always gets his work done. Even if he talks, it's because he's already gotten his work done. So now she's got him helping all of the other people at his table who are having trouble with the things. He gets to explain stuff to them. And he's really good at helping them without giving them the answer. And, like, I'm just like, I mean, he's a good kid and he's really smart. But I was, like, looking at him like, dude, <laughs> that's awesome. Great. <laughs> like, you're becoming, like, a tutor in your own mm-hmm. class. That's really cool. But he was grinning because... We've told him before when he excels at things, we're like, don't brag. Like, it's okay to be proud of yourself. It's okay for you to talk to us about being proud of yourself, but you don't want to brag. And he was over there just like smirking like, I know I'm doing a good (laughs) job, but I'm not going to say it because I'm not supposed to. (laughs) It was really funny. But that was pretty cool to hear. I mean, I didn't have any question that he wasn't doing well, but the fact that he's doing well enough to then have extra time that he's reinvesting, like... Right. It hasn't just happened one time. Apparently, he's always reinvesting in his classmates. That's really, That's super really cool. Great. I like that. I so. was in school, and I got done with my stuff early, and I started drawing, like, airplane pictures. I <laughs> yeah. care less about the rest of the dum-dums in my class. That's nice that he does that. I mean, I think a lot of it is the reasoning that she has him do that is be- so that he won't distract them, you know, by That's being done. Move. Yeah. So it's smart for everybody involved, but I think it's really cool that he's doing that and seems to really enjoy it. Like, he was proud of himself that he knew how to help people with stuff um, without telling the answer, like drawing the answer out of them. That's pretty cool. And that's a really, really handy skill for any kind of instructor, educator. Like, when I was in the Army and I became an instructor, like, that is the thing that separated, like, someone who cared or someone that was effective was the ability to ask the same question in a different way yeah. to, like, go around things. Because you you never fully understand somebody's point of view or their their past um experiences and so a lot of people struggle with standardized tests because Mm -hmm. in a standardized test you don't get the question asked in a different way right and someone could have that knowledge they just don't equate it to the way that a question is framed so that's good that he's already identifying that because that's that's empathy Mm -hmm. i mean that's 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 so many more implications than just being like a good tutor like that's understanding that people don't think the way that you think yeah. That has a lot of, of ramifications, and that's really great that in the third grade he's starting to kind of understand little pieces of that. Yeah. So I, I hope he keeps up with that, you know, and I hope he is continually challenged by the the grade-level work that she's given him, you know, moving him into different things. Pretty cool. Nice. Um, so we, did, we didn't talk about soccer on here, right? We like didn't. The, the you said you wanted to mention it. Yeah. I mean, so when soccer started, soccer's completely done now for us for this year. But when it started, I was trying my best not to... How does this work? These are... Oh, I see. Um, I was trying my best to like just be supportive and put up with it because <laughs> <laughs> it's just not a thing I ever had any interest in. It seemed like it's going to be a whole lot of work for us to get everybody to practice a different to, four kids, two practices a week on different fields. So it's not like they all went to the same place all the time. And then games on like Fridays, sometimes mostly Saturdays, sometimes Sunday, sometimes Monday, sometimes in town, sometimes out of town, sometimes at three different fields for games. Like it just seemed like a lot for a return that I just couldn't 
grab. Like, I just didn't understand. There's no scholarship waiting for them at the end of the season. Well, yeah, and, like, no, I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of work. And that sounds really petty, and I don't mean it like that. I mean, for what they are specifically getting out of it. Whether I get something out of it or not, that's not the thing. Like, what are they getting out of playing soccer? All this work that all of us have to do in to put into it. And it's been really interesting, and I can fully admit that I had the wrong impression of it the entire time. Well, that's good. Um, and it got, it went from me like, well, yeah, I'll take you to practice, and I'll pull up my phone and <laughs> let you do that thing while I be sit a here passive and chaperone. Catch, yeah, and like catch up while I'm just waiting, you know, for you to be done. It went from that to like helping with practice once or twice with certain teams. Um, and really being into the games and really enjoying and starting to understand the game a little bit more. Cool. How it works and why why they play the way they do. It's not just people running, you know? And and it may sound dumb to people who have a lot of sports experience, but, like, I don't. Right. I've never played a team sport, personally. Never really went to sporting games other than, like, if it was just to hang out or... I never went for the sports, you know yeah. what I mean? You, I, I mean, you were in the band, right? I was in the so band, so I was at a lot of football games. It was a band games. function more than a football game. Yeah, but even when I've gone to games, you know, baseball games and stuff, like socially, it's mm-hmm. not because I want to go watch a baseball game. It's because my friends are going and I want to hang out with I don't think friends. anybody really wants to go watch a baseball <laughs> Some game. people do. Baseball super is boring. so boring. I was really glad that our kids are not into baseball. Soccer? Cool. Basketball? Cool. Baseball? Sorry, next baseball year. fans. Next year they're going to get into baseball. Going, you know oh, what? It's baseball already come has up. its merit, guys. It, no, it's already come up. Like they're like, oh yeah, we can do baseball in the spring because our other friends do it. And I'm like, I don't know. There's soccer in the spring too, guys. And they're like, ooh, soccer. <laughs> so I'm going to try to avoid baseball. That seems even more boring to watch. But I've started understanding the game a lot more. Uh, I got, I really enjoyed watching them get better at something. Right. And getting. You could see kind of when they grasped like their position or their what they could offer. Um, like the one son I was just talking about with the school stuff, he's a great forward. I mean, he's yeah. he's not super talented because he's young and still kind of floppy and whatever, but he's got potential there and he really enjoys it and he goes after it hard. That's good because that's cool. that's an action spot. I mean, even yeah. as a parent, like as a spectator. Yeah. Like, I played defense, which was kind of neat, but I imagined when I was in the game, I was like, this must be really boring for my parents to watch me. Yeah. Because it's like, a, it's a super sporadic kind of thing. Right. You're just waiting around until... Until they come like, down action, here. Action, 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 action. Yeah, done. exactly. Yeah. Well, my daughter was mostly on defense, and so it was a lot of that. We'd just, like, wait around, and then all of a sudden, it was, like, me screaming for her to, like, you know, be Kill aggressive them. all of a sudden, <laughs> like, on cue. Um but it was a lot of fun. And honestly, I now that the games are over, I'm kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of a bummer. I think it was fun to mm-hmm. watch and play, you know? And I'm, I'm sure we'll all have lots and lots of other soccer games to go to, so I'm not really upset about it. But uh, I just, I had the wrong impression of it. You're formally saying sorry to soccer? I'm not saying sorry to anybody, but I do want to encourage, like, uh, you know, people who may have that same feeling as me about it, like, it's interesting to see your kids develop in something, even if it's not something you find that appealing or that you don't think that is that important. Seeing the improvement in them because of work that they're putting in, that really made an impact, I think, on them and on me. Um, made me appreciate the, the vehicle 
for them to be able to improve something about themselves. Interesting. And I think music is the same way, which is why I've always been really big on our kids playing music because that's work you have to put in. It's something about you that you can carry on into the future mm -hmm. that, you know, you're getting better at and you're making improvement in yourself. Um, and I think that's, that's always been really important. And so now I, I've never really been able to equate that to sports because I just didn't see how you could carry on soccer or football or whatever right. for the rest of your life. But I do, I get it a little bit more now. So I'm still not going to turn into a crazy sports dad, but I get it a little bit more. So your next step is assistant coach. <laughs> See, the good thing about not knowing anything about sports is Nobody that I can, I have plausible deniability about coaching. I don't know the rules, dude. <laughs> I would be a terrible soccer coach. <laughs> My wife, however, ended up like kind of uh, helping with two different teams. And so she was like running back and forth between practices all the time. Um, not really assistant coaching, but kind of. She would help run practices. She's going to be a coach and, next year. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt she will yeah. at some point. Because she used to coach uh, and help train her roller derby friends in the team. She loved that. And so since she's not doing derby anymore, she hadn't had that place where she was getting a workout and able to invest in other people. Yeah. And she could totally do that with these kids. Got to know a bunch of them, um, two different age groups. And so she really enjoyed that. Yeah, I have no doubt she'll be coaching like head coaching at some point, but we'll I see. Think, I think people when they're, I guess, presented or even sometimes in public sports, like guilt tripped into being a coach, they're like, oh no, it's such a, you know, it's amount of work and they just want to relax and watch their kids do a thing. And it really is pretty, it, it's very rewarding and not a lot more work. I think people in their head inflate how much effort it's going to take. Yeah. And I think if you care enough about your kids and you remotely care about the well-being of other people's kids and you have any kind of skill, especially with younger kids. I mean, you're, again, they're not going out for scholarships, like investing that little bit of time. Because like you're saying, like you're, you're sitting there on your phone doing nothing like you're already out there. Yeah. The biggest commitment to being a coach in any kind of those sports is like going to the thing and yeah. standing up. Yeah. And once you make that leap, it's like, all right, well. You're gonna need help, just like your wife was the assistant coach. You're gonna look at some of those doughy-eyed parents who go, "I need you, and I need you, and I need you to help do this thing, this one task. This is what I need you to do. You don't have to be Babe Ruth or Pele to to teach this. Just stand there and make sure they're doing it back and forth. Yeah. And then again, if you're doing that much, it's like a Forrest Gump thing. I've gone this far, might as well <laughs> make the full leap and then get the full satisfaction of having an impact on on yeah. kids' lives. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. I, it, it was interesting. Our two older ones had very different coaches. And my daughter's coach was actually a guy that I knew growing up. And I didn't realize it until after we started doing the soccer thing. And he played soccer all through high school, all through college. Uh, I think he was like semi-pro or something. Wow. So he has a lot of... They got he's, lucky. He's a few years older than me, but he has a lot of soccer experience mm -hmm. and he doesn't really play anymore, but he's passionate about it. And he coached like, I don't know, two or three teams at the same time. He hmm. does it year round and like two of his kids play. And so, you know, he's really good with the kids, but also, <clears throat> excuse me, but also really likes the game and really wants them to win. Not right. at the cost of anything, but mm -hmm. like he, he just likes soccer and he cares about it. 
The other guy, my oldest son's coach, who's a good guy, only coached because he had coached in the past and his daughter was on the team and they didn't have a coach. Yeah. And that then that's pretty common. Yeah. But it was a shame to watch the two teams who were almost the same age, but they're like a little bit different in age range, uh, perform. And, and I guess the better performing was the younger team. Hmm. And so it was a bummer to watch the, over the season, those two teams go in two really different directions. Like you'd get halfway through a game where our team is losing. One coach is like, come on guys, we can do better. I've seen you do better. That kind of thing. And then the other coach is like, yeah, you know, whatever, maybe next time. Mm. You know, at halftime, right. you're just like, oh, wow. Eat those orange slices and get yeah. back out there yeah. for another uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. And then go home. So that was kind of a bummer to see, but I get it. Like, I I'm, I don't mean anything negative to him, but to have st- such a stark contrast, um, who are both parents of people on the team, both guys with soccer experience. You know, there was a lot in common, but it just played out really differently. So. Well, I say that your child was lucky because having so, uh, like a – school age coach with that much experience and that much drive like that's kind of amazing because mm-hmm. like i said it's it's usually the other case yeah where someone just they they want to be there to help they don't really necessarily know how to help but you know they're just they're there to to do their their duty yeah it's just why does this thing keep falling down what am i doing oh that's wrong oh i put on my first leaf oh boy yeah, it looks like a real treehouse now. Not really. Well, yeah, so that's my soccer uh, thing. I don't know what you call that. It's a thing. Story? Story? Uh, feedback? Wrap up? Whatever. Um, this this doesn't attach. It was intentionally made upside down, but it doesn't, it doesn't stay on there. Why is that? Uh, what else we got? I have a thing. Okay. So I went to go get this model, and I went to Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two things about Barnes & Noble, actually. Okay. Uh, one thing to kind of throw back to when my dad was here and, like, talking about stories and things that I never knew about him. There was a book there, and they had uh, two of them. There was one was For My Father and For My Grandfather. Do you mm-hmm. know about these books? No. They're, like, writing books, but they're writing prompts. And so it's like, tell me a time when you were terrified or what's the most mischievous thing that you did or whatever. Oh. And it gives a little paragraph where the person can write in it on their own, and then you can just have that book. That's cool. And it's questions that, you know, as a child or a grandchild, you may not think to ask. Huh. So I picked one up, and I'm going to give it to my dad and stand there in front of him as he fills it out. (laughs) Guilt him into it? Yeah. And I thought about it. I don't know if my brother is coming for Thanksgiving, but, like, having one for all of us, and we can just kind of, like, ask the question and, like, have a conversation and write it down in the book so we can kind of learn about Hmm. each other as we – Fill out this book for our kids. Oh, that's cool. I thought it was neat. Yeah. But beside that book, there was also a little icebreaker book that was called something. Um, <laughs> and the title. It was called Would You Rather. It's just like a little icebreaker book that just has like tons and tons of these like silly little this or that kind of questions. Not really pro and con like we're doing, but um, a this or that. Okay. And I took pictures of a couple of the pages. Have you ever just played this as a game? Uh, sometimes. Would you rather? Yeah, we used to do that a lot. But these are not so, like, when we did it on the podcast, when Forby was here that time, with, like, little silly things. Oh, yeah. But these aren't aren't as fantastical, I think. Well, I guess they are. It's kind of silly. Do you want to play a little bit? Yeah, sure. Okay. I have an extra piece. Dang it. 
I, I opened the book, and then we're on number 617. Oh, okay. So we know a lot about each other by this point. Okay. <laughs> so it starts with, all of them start with would you rather, so I'm just going to not say that every time. Yeah. So the first one is never wear shoes or never wear underwear. Never wear shoes. Hmm. I would never wear underwear. Really? There's, there's pokey stuff on the ground. Yeah, but. And the ground's hot. Well, yeah, but you can choose where you walk. Chafing yeah, is, 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 I've had some chafing. Mm. As a runner, I've had enough of that yeah. stuff that, like, I, yeah. And I think my affinity for wearing board shorts a majority of the year, mm. like, eh, I could go with that. Interesting. Talk your way out of a fight or fight your way out of a kidnapping. <laughs> okay. What, so I have to choose one of those two mm-hmm. things? Uh, it sounds more fun to fight your way out of a kidnapping. They're both dangerous, right? You're mm-hmm. probably going to get hurt either way. Yeah, that you have to just assume. But at least in that one, it's like you your life is at stake. You can just go nuts and do all of the fighting that you never get to do otherwise. Oh, yeah. I would choose to fight my way out of a kidnapping. Yeah. So when I was in survival school, went to seer school, did you get kidnapped? And that's the thing. You're just like... You can learn all of your uh, all of your kung fu and all of your moves, <laughs> but when people start grabbing at you, you're just like your windmill melee all over the place. Yeah, I it's bet. crazy nuts. So yeah, I'd fight my way out of a kidnapping. And statistically, that's what we're told: if there's more than four people, don't try to resist. If there's oh. four or more people, just like, okay, huh? I'll I'll go because you're not gonna win. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Ew. All right, the third one. <laughs> Ew. Lick every inanimate object you see <laughs> or be licked by every living thing you see. Oh. Oh. Uh. <laughs> okay. Gross. My daughter licked me this morning, so this has a particular I, disgustingness to it. I have to say that I think I would rather be licked. Would you have a designated place on your yeah, body, like yeah, a little like, tattooed like, square? Elbows. Go for it. You can lick my elbow till your head falls it's off. Because like I, I don't have to look at it. Like you're the Pope, and then you got to kiss the ring, <laughs> and you just like stick your elbow out, and you're like... Every time somebody walks up to you, you're just like... And now you can hey, begin yeah. your conversation like, and what would you have for me today? <laughs> After the, the formal licking. Ugh. Ew, I don't know. I'd probably be licked. Yeah. Ew. I mean, there's, so just, there's too much nasty stuff that I would not want to lick. What a weird question. <laughs> All right. Be able to eat food that's only free or only drink rainwater. So I guess like forage, like only eat food that you don't have to pay for, like in a store, I'm okay. imagining. Or you would only drink rainwater. Rainwater. I would drink rainwater. Yeah, that'd be fine. Do that anyway. Ew. <laughs> Kiss not- a dog that just licked themselves or yeah. a cat that just ate a rat. Oh. Oh. I'm assuming with this kiss, it's on the mouth. You're not kissing their back because that that <laughs> wouldn't bring home the intensity of that question. Oh, that's a nasty question. Mm-hmm. And all you pet owners out there, you know that you've had your dog jump all on your face and yep. give you them doggy kisses. And you know what they were doing like a minute ago. Oh, God. <laughs> Anthony wow. just broke a plastic chair. He, that's that was an heirloom. Man, that plastic chair's been in here for I don't know. I thought how he long. just fell through the brand new window. <laughs> that would be bad. That was loud. Would you rather? Would you sit rather sit in a plastic chair <laughs> that's broken, 
or stand up while we record. I can't lean back anymore. Yeah. Bummer. I guess I'm going to go with the, the dog because you just kind of ignore it. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to go with the dog because, like, I don't know. I don't have a good reason. They're both disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> the next one is work as a urologist or a crime scene cleaner. Do you know what a urologist is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you don't know what a urologist is, mm. it's a doctor for your man parts. Hmm. Or a crime scene cleaner. I think I'd have to go with crime scene cleaner, which I would have a really hard time with at first. But I think eventually you would kind of build up a tolerance to that. The other, I don't know that I could build up a tolerance to. Yeah, I don't know. I... I don't want to say that I've dabbled in crime scene cleaner, but I don't want to have to do that again. Hmm. And I think at the same time, like you would just be desensitized to either one of those two. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe yeah. you're all, I'd be a doctor. I could just tell people I'm a doctor. That's a good sign. <laughs> Gross. Milk a cow or milk a snake? <laughs> I'm guessing it means the snake's fangs. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Pretty that would sure. be some chafy nipples of a snake. I, I don't think, uh, yeah, snakes don't have teats. Um, <laughs> there's a title for you that we can't use. Um, <laughs> Anthony's writing it down. <laughs> I would uh, go with the snake. Just yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think you could probably do that. Yeah. There's yeah. an element of danger well, I don't to know. it. I mean, I'm, neither one of those sound that bad. That's the whole point. And the, both of these, imagine coming up with this list. Hmm. This is the... Semi middle of the book, and we're on number six hundred and twenty three. Now, can you imagine going to a party and you don't know somebody, and you sit down, and you're like, "Hey, I'm Bob," and you're like, "Hey, I'm Larry." Hey, Larry, uh, would you rather yep. lick a dog, <laughs> whatever it was? Yeah, I have a challenge. Extra, I, have I challenge parts. you. I don't ever get to challenge you. Me? Yep. Okay. I'm challenging you. Next time you meet somebody that you don't know, you ask them, <laughs> just out of curiosity, <laughs> would you rather milk a cow or milk a snake? Hmm. That's probably one of the most benign that we've done so That's far. That's true. That one's not that bad. And then you can judge, like, well, how would you milk a snake? I ain't got no nipples. And you go, okay, maybe let's not talk. <laughs> okay, let's, so I think we're both on snake. Ooh, forget how to speak or forget how to walk. Ooh. But you can relearn them both? It says you forget. Anthony. Do we get to learn this skill again as if we were babies? Or is it just permanent paralysis? I was under the impression that you would get to relearn your skill. Okay, so okay. assuming that we forgot and we had to relearn as an infant. Ooh, boy. I'm going to go with speak. I'm going to go with speak, too. Yeah. I think that would be a lot easier to get back up to speed on. I think I could be comfortable... Which seems weird because this is an audio podcast. I could be comfortable not speaking to a vast majority of the human population. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I could get by on a lot of nods. Mm-hmm. 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 Hand gestures work just fine. Uh, run. Yeah, I mean, think about that. So if you did have to learn how to speak again, but you were, your brain was your age now. I probably wouldn't, honestly, God. <laughs> you yeah. could decide like how to approach it differently, which granted it would be harder to learn how to speak at this age because your brain is in a different place than it was when you were little. I get that. Yep. But 
you could also be like, I'm going to learn how to speak four languages at the same time. Or oh. I'm going to learn sign language and English. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you could hmm. more intellectually go at the thing and handle it very differently than just, like, whatever words you happen to encounter as an infant. Because that's really what it is. Like, you don't, they don't choose what to learn. It's just they're bombarded with noise. Yeah. And they have to start making associations. So, so I'm glad you put a positive spin on that. Because honestly, I would just like, mm, mm, mm. Mm. I would just be like a human emoji. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm still doing the Italian uh, learning stuff. And learning Italian? Learn, learning, yeah. <laughs> Me, uh, English, hard. <laughs> Italian learned good. Me, remember lot words in other places. <laughs> so I'm still doing that. And I'm realizing. Um, how challenging it is to just to memorize something that's it, like I try to make associations with English. So there's right. certain words that don't they're not common. Uh, there's no common association. So I try to make up some things to help me remember it. But there's so many of those that that gets pretty difficult to remember all my references. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm finding because of that, it's also really challenging, and I want to continue to do it, even though I don't really have any particular reason to learn Italian. Um, I'm doing it because that challenge is there, and I like the fact that it's forcing me to daily do a thing that stretches me in a way that's actually pretty difficult. That's good. So I could see with my that same mindset now, having no language, being like, oh, this in you know internally in my like. Bob speak because I don't know how to talk. Mm-hmm. My brain's just going like, oh, I could learn all of these languages at the same time or take every romantic language, you know, because there's commonalities there, right. learn them all at the same time hmm. and just turn into like super speaker person. See what I did there? Whoa, whoa, I you... was a super speaker person because I did really good English words with it. Well, you bring up a good point. Good grief. Uh, about like in your mind, like if I couldn't speak, mm-hmm. like if I just forgot how to speak. In my conscience, would I still like thinking where you're you're too young right. to to know whether or not you thought in actual sentences. Yeah. I don't know how you relate things other than just like impulse at that age. Yeah. How did we get to talking about this? Man, this is deep. Yeah. Thank you, book. Because silliness. I mean, you have to have a way to associate like, I don't know, you know, a parent. As to what that is, who that is, their relation to you, which maybe you don't even understand yet, and how that relationship is different than a hot dog. Yeah, or like that, a toy. Like, what is that thing? Mm-hmm. How do I how do I reference that in my own head without a word to put to it? Crazy. Huh. Whoa. 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 All right, run in a human hamster wheel or <laughs> poop in a human litter box? This is like forever? Or just I don't know why once. you... Mm. Yeah, I don't like that one. Mm. Not enough, not I had a friend things. of mine who pooped in a litter box when we were in high school. On purpose? Yeah, that's a joke. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty hilarious. Huh. <laughs> that sounds like the person that I would start a conversation with and be like, well, mm, yep. yeah, nah. <laughs> uh, take a window seat or aisle seat on a plane. This is fun because we have to know this about each other because when we book travel, yeah, I got to put it in. I I mean, I actually don't mind either one, honestly. They're both inconvenient, but I would probably <laughs> pick the... Uh, inconvenient for different reasons? Yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. I would probably pick the window just... I would pick the aisle because hmm. I don't want to have to have that weird conversation with... Oh, I, 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 
I gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom. Excuse, excuse me. Excuse mm. me. I, I rarely to go. go to the bathroom on planes, though, unless it's just a really long flight. I just like to get up. I get bored. I like to hunker down and not have to talk to anybody or move or do anything. Just, like, mm. get in my little corner up against the curved wall where I can't get my head yep. straight. Just stay there. Uh, crack your normal, what, Crack your knuckles or pop your back. Crack my knuckles. Yeah, I'd say crack my knuckles. Yeah. Neither one really do anything. A lot of no. people feel that kind of like, oh, it was so nice. Or like no. they will crack their neck and like, Ugh. Just, I crack my neck like out of what feels like necessity. It's not that like satisfying kind of feeling. Yeah. Meh. I do it on my knuckles, not for any reason other than I just like do something with my hands and end up. Kinda... See, you did it. It makes me want to do it. Really? And I hope those people out there in podcasting land just crack their knuckles. Anthony's out of some weird crack neurotic crack need. Have you ever heard Forby crack his knuckles? No. Oh, boy. Forby, next time you're up here, we got to get that on the podcast. <laughs> Do you, have you popped the kids, like, you crack your knuckles? Have you ever popped your kids' toes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hold it's on them. They, they super love it. funny. Yeah, they lose their mind when you do it. Jenny has this thing with her back. Like, sometimes her back will lock up and there's a certain spot. She has got, I hate doing this. I hate it. Do you pop her back? Yes. Yeah, I, I do that to hate Tiffany. hate it. Do you enjoy that, though? I feel like I'm going to paralyze my wife every no, time. No, I, I used to, just because, like, you kind of hug on her and, like, pick her up. Oh, no, this oh, is okay. not the same thing. No, this is like she lays down on her face with her arms down at her side, <laughs> and then, like, I get over her back, and she exhales, so her she's flattened out, right, and there's, like, nothing in her chest. Like, all the air is out, and when she's all the way at the bottom of the exhale... Put my hands together like this, around her spine. So not on her spine, mm-hmm. but on both sides of it, in the right in the middle of her back. And so as soon as she's fully out of air, push down with my palms, Ooh. and you just hear this like scary. And I can feel it, which I don't like. But also, I just feel like one of these days I'm going to do that, and she's going to go, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't move my feet or something, you know. And then I'm going to be the terrible husband that paralyzed my wife because she asked me to. She I don't like told doing me that. to do it. Anyway, what's next? Have your own bouncy house or water slide? Ooh. Now, the cool thing is we can make both of those a reality. Mm-hmm. With our powers combined? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, if we both pick one, then we can just share. Mm. Water slide. Mm-hmm. I would say water slide, too. The bouncy house would be fun, but they always end up smelling like a, oh, like yeah. a locker. Yep, like somebody's like dirty room. socks. Yeah. And you get that pool at the bottom that just becomes gross and murky. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Hmm. Spend Christmas in Whoville or the North Pole. Dude, told totally me make a water slide. You have a pool. I do. Hmm. And a roof. Hmm. That's kind of close to the pool. <laughs> hmm. Okay. And, yep. Write that down. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you didn't hear anything. All right, spend Christmas in Whoville or the North Pole? Whoville. Yeah, I'd say Whoville. Yeah, why would you want to go to the North Pole if you had... Freezing well, is this pole. like the actual North Pole where there is nothing? It doesn't say or Santa's is, Workshop. Okay. It just says the North Pole. Because if it's Ooh. the Santa's Workshop, you know, Frosty the Snowman style, or I guess that wasn't in Frosty. Uh, Rudolph. Rudolph, yeah. Frosty died in a greenhouse. Yeah. I can recreate that. That'll be my Christmas decorations. <laughs> Let's put uh, like a yeah. little puddle of water and a hat. Yep. A soggy scarf. Happy birthday indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's almost in it. We're almost an hour in. Let's do one more. Okay. Um, 
still don't know where these parts go. Ew. Yeah. That's gross. Okay, maybe not that one. Maybe do another one. Should we do that one? I don't know if it's gross. That's super gross. I don't gross. like gross stuff. That's so gross. I'll say it at the very end. So if people want to stick around to the end of the podcast and hear what I was going to say, I'll say it then. Because I may not have an answer for this one. I don't know what it is. But. All right, this is funny. I'm not going to say the gross one. I'll say it. I'll save it to the very end. You weirdos. All right, the last one. Have giraffe legs or flamingo legs? <laughs> Ah, uh, giraffe legs, for sure. Way cooler. <laughs> it looks so weird. It's like almost the same thing other than scale and which way your knees bend. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and like pattern. Giraffe legs are like, you know, they have like a... Oh, you mean like you just want to have spots and not yeah, just like... Yeah, they like spotted fur instead of like knuckle nasty looking. Look. Yeah, knuckle knees. <laughs> Ew. Do, fl- do flamingos have talons? They have those like webbed. Yeah, but are they pokey it? Not like, no, not like raptor talons. Like I imagine that the gungan, like pointy. if you were to reverse the knee of a flamingo leg, that's what a gungan leg would look like. <laughs> gross. <laughs> I would say flamingo legs, just because really? I don't know. Man, sure, why not? Mm, they gross. got webbed feet. Yeah, that's true. They can stand on one leg a lot. But I would have hooves. Giraffes have hooves, right? I believe so. Yeah. I don't know what else they would have. They've got to have hooves. Sneakers. <laughs> okay. Um, where can people find you? Everywhere at Josh Make Stuff. Uh, you can find me and us at I Like to Make Stuff on all the stuff. A couple things real quick before you go. I know that a lot of people who listen to this are not in the U.S. and will not have Disney+. Plus. So we're probably going to end up talking about The Mandalorian, and I know a lot of you guys won't be able to watch it for, like, weeks and or months. That's a bummer. Not really sure how to handle that, so let me know if you send us a message or something. I'm going to want to talk about it, you know, but also don't want to spoil it for anybody. So there's that. Also, um, we have something called the Maker Alliance, which is a group of people, awesome community of people who get more from I Like to Make Stuff as a company. You get exclusive videos. Uh, we just put out an extra video for them about the Mandalorian rifle that we just made mm-hmm. um, with some like more details about the process. We do, uh, I think every week now, we have an exclusive video for them. They get to see project videos early, all that, a bunch of other stuff. We got the cool lanyards that we're sending out to certain people. Uh, Lots of that. If you want to help out this show or this group of people who make stuff, go to iliketomakestuff.com slash join. Look at that. It's on screen. Thanks, Anthony. Oh, look, it's a different URL. It goes the same place. It does work, too. It does work. Um, so go go check that out. If you also just want to share the podcast with people that you think might like it, that would be awesome as well. Yep. That would be cool. Um, you got anything else? Nope. Cool. Well, see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Are you going to say your you first one? I don't, I'm not going to probably answer, but go for it. I want to hear your reaction. Uh, it involves licking stuff again. Oh, great. Yep. <laughs> Let's see what's straight face. Lick the pus out of a pop zit oh, or a busted blister. Oh. Uh, no. Ew. What's, what's your answer? Because I know you have one. Do you pass? You're, you, yeah, I'm not answering that. Ew. That's disgusting. I think you could fool yourself with what you think the blister liquid is going <clears> to <throat> taste like. Gross gross and i don't know like what is it sweat glands i don't know what's inside a blister but it's clear (laughs) 
So I think again, like the fear factor type thing, you're like, I think it's, it's, it's just a piece of ham. That's all I'm doing. It's just <laughs> like real quick. But I think there's, there's no, there's no clouding. What you like that is yeah. zit innards. Gross. No. 